Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey there, Unstuckers. Josh here. Hey, we're going to do part two of our interview with nonprofit aficionado Jeff Anderson. If you missed part one of our interview, go back and find it. It's the last episode from last week. And for those of you who are ready, we continue our interview with Jeff Anderson. Having a team of people on board, in addition to the fiscal sponsors, I think is really important, right? So having those people who have that same vision or can help execute the vision and mission that you have is really important. So ensuring, I mean, even if you can't pay them initially, right? A lot of people are volunteering their time maybe initially, but ensuring that they're all there for the same reasons is probably really important to ensure the launch at least of, of a nonprofit. Absolutely. I think, yeah, your, your board of directors is key. Um, and then, yeah, if, if you probably can't do it on your own, um, whatever you're taking on is probably bigger than just you. And so having, yeah, having those, those friends and those, those, uh, colleagues who are interested in supporting you, um, is super important. And, and you're right. You probably won't be able to pay a lot of people right away unless you know someone who's really wealthy and is going to give you a million, you know, donate a million dollars to get your nonprofit started. Um, it usually takes a moment to build your, your income base, um, with a nonprofit as with any business, but you also can't take out a loan. Uh, you can take out a loan, but it's really frowned upon um, because then if you ask for donations or grants, they might look at your books and go, oh, I'm just paying back the loan for you. Um, and they don't like to do that. They want to make sure the money is going directly to a program um, and helping people. And so taking out a loan is hard to do as a nonprofit. Well, it's easy to take out the loan. It's hard to, to get people to pay for that through donations and grants. Um, and so you, you know, you're starting capital unless you have someone who's willing to just, here's, here's a lot of money that I know I'm never getting back. It's just a donation. Um, you're, you're starting from scratch in a lot of, a lot of times. So yeah, if you have those people who are dedicated and passionate and really believe in your mission and your work, they're really useful, but unlike employees, you're probably not paying them. Uh, what would you say, Jeff, as a highly successful nonprofit professional like yourself, uh, what would you say is a key to success for running a successful nonprofit? Key to success as a nonprofit is uh, get really good at storytelling. Um, you you not only have to do the service that you're doing, but like any for profit, you're a salesman. You're sal- selling your work, but typically, what you're selling here is you're you're asking people to buy a better community because they're not going to get a product or service. Typically, your donors or your grant uh, funders, they're not going to get a thing, a product or a service that is useful to them, but they're buying a better community. And so if you learn how to tell stories, your income uh, will be significantly easier to make when you're, t- when you're talking to donors, when you're writing grants, the story stru- uh, having a solid story structure, it will be key because that's how people understand story and that's uh, understand information and they'll be able to be really passionate. Um, if you think about a movie that you really love, those are the best storytellers of our time, right? Um, 
you get really passionate about the characters. You want them to succeed. And that's exactly what you, the feeling you want to imbue in your donors and your, your grant writers. So uh, tip is, is find resources on story structure and go and learn it. And it's really fascinating to me anyway uh, as, as a theater artist. A good resource on story structure is Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. It's a really good book. Yes. And I, I've, I've started reading that. I love it. There's actually, there's several conferences about nonprofit storytelling. It's starting to become its own niche field. And you want to tell, find stories about your clients. You want to tell individual stories as often as possible because people, uh, when it becomes more than one person, it becomes an abstract idea. But if you can tell people about a story about a client that your organization has helped in a really solid story structure, you, you will sometimes not even have to ask people to donate. They'll, I've literally had people whip out their checkbook and said, how much do you need? Um, after I told them a really compelling individual story, and I didn't even do the ask. So that's, you want to get really good at storytelling. Yeah. I've seen this in action as uh, knowing Jeff, as I've seen you learn this stuff from conferences and bring it back to nonprofits we've worked in that I'm just like, when you first said it, I was just like, sure, I guess. And then I see it happen in action. I'm like, whoa, yeah, it's just amazing how much more compelling a story is to just about everyone out there um, compared to like, did you know that 76% of the time, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, uh-huh. just being like, I mean, that's what the politicians do, right? In the elections too, they do the same stuff. Like instead of saying like the people who like really I think when the elections often are the people who are saying, I met this person in Illinois who did this specific da 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 story versus the people who are like 76% this and 24% that, you know? Yeah. When people tell you they make decisions based off data, they're either lying or they don't know themselves. Human beings don't. They make decisions based off emotional connection. And then they use the data to hang their hat on and say, see, that's a good reason why I made that, that decision. Um, you make a decision because you're com- emotionally compelled to do so, whether you realize it or not. And story is like a, it's like a hack. It's a shortcut to get people emotionally connected. Um, next I would say, uh, you want to let the community that you serve drive your work, um, or you don't do it. Uh, you can do more harm than good if you are bringing a program or service into a community. And just to clarify, when I say community, a community can be either a, a group of people or it can be a specific place. So it can be a city or in like Arts Hub's case, it's the community that we're serving as artists. Um, you want to make sure that the community drives the work. If you just come in and you bring a program and you say, hey, here's this great thing, you're either going to fail or you're going to suck up resources from other organizations that are actually driven by the community. And uh, you can create some, some big messes that are hard to clean up as a society if you're not letting the community drive your work. Um, so you want to get to know them. You want to do the legwork. If you're, not, if you're part of the community, this is going to be easy. If you're not part of the community you serve, um, you're going to want to take community members. Either way, you're, probably, you're going to want to take community members out for lunch or coffee to talk to them, attend meetings that are put on by the community, and just listen, don't talk. Find other organizations that serve the community. See if they can provide insight. Um, lots of people will say surveys are great, and they are if the community you serve has not been recently surveyed or is not over-surveyed. There's a, there's a community in Albuquerque that I'm thinking of particularly that I would say probably once a month they get someone 
some organization, some entity trying to survey them, and they are sick and tired of it, and they don't answer it. So if you are uh, wanting to survey your community, make sure to see if there's other surveys you can already get information from. A, it's less work for you. B, the community won't hate you right off the bat because they've been surveyed about 50 times this in one year. Um, you'll want to understand the assets that already exist. There are probably tons of assets in the community you're going to serve. So find those assets, partner with them. You can tell your story and that will make them more likely to want to partner with you. And uh, just plan to partner with people as a nonprofit generally. You're, you can't do it alone. There's too many big problems in our society and, and you're not the only one who can do it. Just as like McDonald's isn't the only fast food place in the world, your nonprofit isn't the only person or entity doing good work. So partner with people. And find a way to have the community design your programming and then also have, find a way to have the community evaluate your programming, give you feedback, and then, this is very important, lots of people don't do this, act on the feedback they give you. Um, if you ask for feedback and do nothing with it, you lose trust, and trust is everything in the community that you're serving. So make sure that they have a legitimate way to give feedback and a way that you can act on it. I would also say if you want to uh, make less work for yourself in the long run of starting a nonprofit, uh, do some research on nonprofits that are out there because if what you have in your head is something that's already out there in, in your community, why make another nonprofit to compete with a nonprofit doing good work? Like you could just go work for and volunteer for an existing nonprofit doing good work. Absolutely. You'll unfortunately in like a state like New Mexico, as far as like with arts, um, there are like three foundations in all of New Mexico that will specifically fund arts. Um, and so if you form another arts nonprofit, then you're just one more arts nonprofit competing with with those funders, um, and and you're you'll start going from a from a uh, deficit based mindset because there's you know, there's only so many resources. But like if Josh said, if you can find a way to maybe support that work, if there's a lot of nonprofits doing something in your field, um, you're going to be coming from an from a asset based mindset, and you're going to say, look. I'm here to help grow the pie for everyone in this sector. Let's not compete. Let's all work together. Um, but yeah, don't duplicate the work. There's there's a lot of nonprofits. Um, and if your work is already happening uh, and it's already filling the need, and then you don't start another one. And if you ask, like, well, how am I supposed to know if it's filling the need completely? That means you have more information to find out before you start your nonprofit. Do your research. Do your research. <laughs> Lastly, you're going to want to find your three to four pillars of income. As has been mentioned a ton, uh, 501c3 nonprofits, they're still businesses. Um, and the pillars of income, finding that is essentially making your business model. So what I talked about with the community and letting them drive the work, that's essentially your product design and evaluation. This is your business model. You'll use it to launch and sell the product or service that the community has designed so typical income pillars include individual giving, which are, are donors, um, grants, which can come from foundations or government, earned income, which is selling profitable goods or services, and corporate sponsorship, which is businesses sponsoring the work that you do. And you'll typically need at least three. If you think of your, your pillars as essentially their legs on a stool, 
Um, if you have two or one, it's really unstable and you're going to be constantly doing a lot of work to balance yourself. Um, whereas if you have three, it's a lot easier um, because donors move on, uh, grants and uh, foundations and governments, they change priorities. Um, you started a nonprofit, so you probably don't have a profitable or marketable thing to sell. Um, and if you do, uh, you still want people to be able to access it as many people as possible at low or no cost. And sponsorships are unreliable. And as many of you, I'm sure, who are listening who are business owners, I'm sure you've been approached a million times from nonprofits from everywhere asking to sponsor events or projects or programs. So it takes a while to find that business and form the relationship with a business that is invested in helping you out. And again, if you tell your story in all three of the, all four of those, it would be easy to get people excited about what you're doing and want to give money to buy a better community and a better world. They're not giving you money. They're giving money so that that client that you talked about whose, uh, whose parents got sick and had a life-threatening illness, but through health solutions, uh, you were able to find connect them with a doctor and you were able to remove the barrier of income and you flew in this specialist who didn't live in this city and saved the life and... Um, this client, this, this kid, uh, was able to have their parents for the rest of their life. Whereas if without, without health solutions, they might not have, that's what people are giving money to. They're not giving money to you personally. They're not giving money to, uh, so that they get a personal benefit, but they're getting money to help the world. That's it. Those are the, those are the four pillars, um, of your income. Um, they're all supported by storytelling. So again, get really good at storytelling. And, and if you do that, if you can find those three pillars that you can rely on, you're always driven by your mission and vision, and you let the community design and evaluate your work, you're going to have a successful nonprofit. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jeff. And thanks so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with the unstuckers out there. Thanks, Jeff. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And for those of you who want to start a nonprofit, good luck. Get unstuck. Just jump in and do it. Just like starting a small business, you may think that, oh, there's no way I can do it. But I started a nonprofit and I had no idea what I was doing. And that's how I learned and figured it out. So jump in, do it, because the world needs to be a better place. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks so much. And and uh, if people are interested, how can they find out more about you and, and reach out to you? Yeah, so I am available for uh, nonprofit consulting and uh, in generally in, in a lot of different facets and functions. Um, so if you would like to uh, bring me on as a consultant, um, you can email me at jeff at nonprofit fuel.com. Again, Jeff at nonprofitfuel.com. And if you really, if you want some help, email me and we can we can figure something out. I'd love to talk to you. Three questions. Jeff, we're gonna ask you some rapid fire questions. One, what would be your last meal? My last meal would have to be some sort of uh, tacos, um, some sort of uh, meat tacos, probably carne asada or oxtail um, or a combination of both. It's a very New Mexican answer. I love it. <laughs> Next question. What is your bucket list travel destination? This one is hard because I want to go everywhere. Um, and that's not really possible. Um, so I guess my... My next destination is uh, me and my wife want to go to Southeast Asia at some point. 
Um, and so I guess I will say Thailand for the sake of, of naming a specific place, but really uh, everywhere in the world is my bucket list destination. Awesome. Last and final question. What is your favorite hobby that doesn't involve making money? I would have to say playing uh, softball uh, with our friend Josh here. We play in a, a softball summer league and uh, it's tons of fun every year. It's time for a recap. Wow. Thanks again, Jeff Anderson, for coming and telling us all about the nonprofit world. There is a lot of information there, but here are three top takeaways. One, make your mission and vision targeted, but broad enough so that you can continue to serve the community. Two, learn to tell your story and be a good storyteller. Remember, people make decisions based on emotion, and they back that decision up with data and numbers. Three, do a community assessment. There may be nonprofits already serving your desired community, and it might be less work for you to just volunteer for one. That's a wrap on episode 17. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. For all of you guys out there, what do you do when you get stuck? Tell us your unstuck stories on Instagram at unstuck.institute and use the hashtag unstuckyourself. Hey, Unstuckers, really like what you're listening to? Well, leave us a review on iTunes. If you don't like what you're listening to, then don't leave a review on iTunes. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, www.unstuck.institute. Tune in next week when we'll be talking about lighting a fire under your ass. success as a nonprofit is uh, get really good at storytelling.